Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for another opportunity to be able to come together and comb over your word to be able to discuss these things. Father, I thank you that you have given us the kingdom. You have provided us with a brotherhood. You have provided us with this network that we can dig into and be able to discuss you and discuss this world through the lens of the kingdom with other believers. Father, I pray that you bless this time and that only things of you are said and everything else fall by the wayside. Father, I thank you for who and what you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two things you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Quick reminder for all the links, for all the things, check us out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Buddy Walk with Jesus. Make sure to go give the page some love. If you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So this week we are jumping back in with our conversation series where this week we are going to be discussing the power behind loving the church, loving God's people, regardless of whether or not they deserve it. We, a lot of people have read enough of the Bible to understand who Jesus is, and I would recommend reading even more. Is it in line with what he would do? Now, you get your flippance that says, you know, it doesn't matter. I think he's a key indicator of how things would be. And if you look at things with eternal eyes and mindset and saying how God has finished everything from the beginning, things just start start to seem, I don't want to say lose their importance, but lose their gravity maybe might be a better way to phrase it. That you can somehow, and this is for me, see how you are to participate in that story or not participate in that story. Uh, The thing is, a lot of times you can bring yourself a a lot of anxiety or distress or fear by listening to what the world has to put out there. And there is a voice of fear that's out in in the world right now. Uh, And I don't have to say that as a Christian. I just say that as a fact. Um, we know that the spirit of fear God did not give us so he refers it to it as something that's really I want to say contagious uh, but something that can affect people so a spirit of fear is not what we should have Um, what that brings or breeds in us is it's very important to take note and I think the more we're self-aware the more we take conscious thought of how God has called a person to him, you know, to relationship with him can help us see this doesn't belong, that doesn't belong, you know, and that may be an activity. 
like a certain program you watch. It might be turning off the news. It might not be associating with people who fear what's going on in the world more than they fear God. And of course, everybody knows I mean reverence God. So when we listen to the wrong voices, we're listening to the wrong voices. I don't know if I can make it any clearer than that. And we need to change those voices, whether they're in our head of our own being or if they're relationships that we have. Um, and sometimes you can guide the conversation away from things, but sometimes people are so ingrained that they feel they need to talk only about this. Now, this is both sides of the fence, all over the world, in the backyard, whatever you want to call it. I've seen people who have a lot of wounding only want to talk about making the world right in their eyes, remaking it in their image. Um, and that's the only thing they talk about. They're going to do this to that person. They're going to do this to that person, that people group, this people group. And as much as you want to love them and the Lord, they don't hear you. Um, and I'm talking from personal experience about a particular relationship. But I understand how that person got to that mindset. And unfortunately, um, the only thing that's going to take that away is a transformative work of God that requires yielding to. You have to accept that. Uh, I don't have any connections with this particular person because um, paths, uh, paths have diverged, gone away. Diverged? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it's a shame, but I can pray for that person. There are many people who I have in my, my um, I want to say my, my journey or Rolodex that when I think of them, I pray for them. You know, I wonder how they're doing. I pray for them. I know that this person suffered a lot. I pray for them. Um, and these don't have to be long prayers. You know, Lord, I put them in your hands. Let them grow in you. And these are prayers of blessing. The more you pray prayers of blessing, the more you're going to change and your perspective. And then you're going to realize you can be around people who are like I used to be a curmudgeon. Um, yeah, believe it or not, I was a curmudgeon. I loved it. I loved being cranky. Um, and especially if I haven't had coffee. So this is a way to get transformed by praying for people. God's blessing on them. God wants to bless people and he wants to bless them with his presence, with his redemption. And these are wonderful things. You can pray for the most vile person. And if your prayer, if you get to heaven and you find out from God, hey, you were the only person that was praying for him and he accepted the Lord because of your prayers, the doors opened up. I opened those doors for him. I called him. I was waiting for one of my kids to go and see him enough to say, hey, bring him over. And I said, yeah, I'm going to bring him over. I called his name and he, boom, like that and everything. So we can't, we can't neglect prayer as trite or did it work kind of thing. Let's just pray and leave it in God's hands. And that's something that I'm not sure gets the proper credit because that it deserves because men are creatures that um, have it ingrained to fight. Even pacifists get passionate 
about things. It's not about physic physical altercation. It's about having the ingrained instinct to become passionate and to be to have an opinion and stand up for for something. And sometimes that means that you need to a accept that whatever the thing is that you care deeply about or that you have a particular opinion about that person does not share that and they may say something that is you know sometimes they don't realize what they're saying sometimes they do regardless of how heinous it is sometimes the battle is to pray instead sometimes the battle is a spiritual one and you just have to accept that you're not in the business of changing people and that's hard because you when you are the type of person that you look around and you see so much that you view as missteps as misgivings one thing i've said multiple times over the last year plus that somebody finally called me out on saying was my whole bit about how bad christians have dropped the ball for the last year plus and have failed miserably at just loving on people not just shutting up about masks and whatever other political leanings or whatever just stop and love people and there's a fine line between standing up for something and standing against something else and for me i went too far and was standing in opposition to the church because of everything that i was seeing and everything like that and that's so it, it's a it's a weird in between, right? Because sometimes you do get re redirected from what you thought to be the fight, and you get pushed into a different situation, different fight that is way more meaningful than than that thing. Because you know I can very easily come along. There are there are a small handful of Christians that I am close with that I I can open up to and all of those things great and that's wonderful that they exist but that's nothing special that's not like that's not some kind of I'm I'm just operating at what is expected if that if I have that kind of community now stepping out from that group of people into the group of people that I disagree with wholeheartedly what do you do then? What's what's the thing then? And God's helping me see that it's important to um, also pray for them and also love them, even if they're not loving other people. Yeah, sometimes loving the church can be a powerful thing. Yeah, and 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 sometimes you know it's easy to think of the neighbor in the second commandment as being someone who's not a christian or a fellow believer um, but sometimes a fellow believer needs to know i want to say see loved modeled um when you were speaking i was thinking of how you know 
in your beginning part where you're talking about a lot of times uh, there's a phrase you don't have a dog in that fight right and sometimes and to take off on that imagery sometimes I think the Lord wants us to call that dog to heel next to us and sit her at our feet um, and and I kind of like that because it says we can take the ferocious and not let it be ferocious it's up to us it really is up to us and I, and I think the Lord's given me a picture of that and just that whole kind of phrasing thing um, you are not less for following God's prompting even if you make a mistake you know oh I thought that was God you know and I tried to do something but nothing came of it you don't know how God does something you one plants one waters but it is God that is responsible for the growth yeah that's not our doing we are we are hmm, let me think of we are about our father's business our father is about changing lives through growth changing lives through indwelling and if we can picture, give a person a picture of why they would want that seed planted in their heart, in, and I'll just say, not even just their heart, into their whole being. Let's not stop at the heart. And if we can water them with the love of God, the water that comes out of living water that flow from our belly through the word that God has given us to deliver in truth and love, God can bring the response out. God is very good at revealing himself to people. We can't force that revelation. And if we bring it in a manner that is um, less on the off offense, uh, more about inviting somebody to a meal, that kind of posture, or inviting somebody for a talk, that kind of engagement. That sets fertile ground in a person's life. And I can't minimize that. I can't just say, oh, it's so small, it doesn't really mean anything. I'll do that next week, or next month, or a year later. You know, and I think I've said this on the last episode, it's just a, a statistic that 53 million people die a year. Right. That's a lot of people that go into eternity. Um, we have to be about catching them before they go with the love of God and truth and all its wonderful merit of being able to position a person to say, okay, that is something to think on. Um, we're not responsible for whether they think or not, but we're responsible for saying it in a way, saying it first, saying it in a way that invites them. we got to invite people to God. It, isn't that the quandary, right? Like, you can speak truth and still not be speaking truth. You can speak truth and not speak truth effectively. If you are saying all of the right things and nobody is listening, then what are you doing? Or if what you're saying is you could be presenting the truth in a very offensive way. And so, 
you know, you you say you say the statistic about um, th that is a lot of people that that cross over into eternity. That's also a lot of people that are left behind with broken hearts and missing people as well. And so when you when you step into that that unified posture you step into community and kingdom and all of that that's why we can't rely on ourselves right it almost feels like it's this cyclical thing well we're back at we're back at kingdom and it's like you know you keep going through and you have to actively take a step into that cycle where you doesn't matter who's done wrong by you it doesn't matter what the wounding is that has happened before. Those matter, but but though they're not, they also cannot become a crutch to not engage in the kingdom. And you accept that there is not ever going to be in your own mind the right kind of justification. Like you, you're never gonna necessarily feel like it at first, right? There's gonna be times where you're gonna not feel like um, accepting people and loving on people, even when they don't deserve it. But that's the thing is, we've all also been loved on and accepted when we don't deserve it, you know. And, and that's that. That's the 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 catch twenty two of it all is, you know. You can be saying, you can be speaking truth into somebody's life and not be loving on them. You can be speaking truth at them and not coming alongside them. And that's something that I've found is um, a make or break point, right? Because you could sit there and, you know, going back to the whole fear thing and stand there and say, don't be scared. We're all Christians. We were all given the uh, spirit to overcome this and, and all of that. And just don't be scared. Just turn off the news. But, but spouting trite colloquialisms at people and loving on people are two very different things. Standing up for truth and loving on people are also two vastly different things. So I say that to bring the fact that there are multiple optional missteps when you try to engage with people and try and participate in unity in the kingdom, in, in togetherness. And, um, I think it's something that more guys need to be willing to say. More men need to be willing to to say, you know what? I know you did me wrong, but I'm going to open myself up to not just perpetuating the cycle of anger or perpetuating the cycle of animosity or whatever the case may be. That I'm going to open myself up enough to be able to... Um, actually investigate here let's play in the sandbox for a minute and the more that you do and the more that you unpack the way that you interact with people the more it says about you let's go back to talking about the male's role in the marriage how you communicate with your partner which men aren't necessarily the best at to begin with 
but the more that you figure out how you deal with other people and how you 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 cultivate relationships says where your heart is with god you know what i mean like that's the one thing that i am so glad that i've had the opportunity to sit under the learning tree of saints that have walked further than i have walked and and i get to soundboard against people that have these kinds of, and and have like these kinds of relationships right these are the kinds of relationships that i get to have but we just happen to be two dudes that do it in front of a microphone rather than just talking on the phone every monday or something along those lines you know what i mean because you get a chance to be able to see hey these are the pitfalls that lie ahead if you don't pay attention to these things yeah definitely there is um when you were speaking it reminds me of how much we take for granted yeah um and we say we have nothing but the lord tells us because of that lack of belief we'll have nothing um and to him who has he will give more um if it's sort of like if we understood things through god's eyes we would take i want to say take advantage meaning that we would do things more for him because we'd be able to step in it because we don't have the concerns of the world we don't have our own corrupt mindsets that keep telling us these echoes of the past that we cannot do anything what does it matter those kind of negative talks right god has gifted us with him and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me well that means anything for his kingdom anything you do for his kingdom is going to be golden a jewel silver whatever you want to think of as precious he he wants you to do that kind of work that is what you were created to do he's called you to pick up where eden had stopped where adam and eve had given up you are not like adam and eve you are indwelt and that means there's things you have to cast off old mindsets anything that causes division from god's um god's i want to say god's agenda and that's a positive thing what god desires what brings him glory that you are going forward in that and bearing fruit for him in that way and that's a lot of yielding of who you are in the corrupt sense to become who he intended you to be an indwelt free person to love him with your free will and to serve him with your free will i don't know if you've ever heard um dallas willard's definition of kingdom living but he defines kingdom living as living in the character and power of god if you're gonna live there then that requires that what is in that position has to go it has to get cleared out can't be the thing anymore and it's so beyond just um striving to be and striving to do you know what i mean like you look at something like the beatitudes right and you see the kingdom manifesto you see the guideline if ever we wanted to point to something if we, you know i just wish this life had a rule book of, of rules of engagement 
there's your rules of engagement. They're not easy, but they're there. Um, but that easily, though, though that list can very easily become a something that you use to strive to be a better person. But and and at, at the surface level, just hearing that, it's like, yeah, absolutely, I'm striving to be a better person. But the problem becomes when you're striving for to be a moralistic human being versus entering into the way that we're supposed to operate in the kingdom what is living in the kingdom it's so funny that you can get like you almost have to laugh that you can get so close to this and still realize i still have so far to go right like you understand somebody has told you e equals mc squared okay great you know now that e equals mc squared but the problem is, is you need to figure out what E is. You need to figure out what M is. You, need to figure, you know what I mean? Like you need to, there's, there's context for the equation. And so you can have this truth and still need to grow into that, that it's not an all or nothing proposition. And I think for, I think for both genders, honestly, I could see how both genders have to face a version of an expectation that we either have it or we don't we are either living in that right place or we're not and if we're not then that means that we're a mess up that means that we've that there's you know that that we've we have failed and all of those things and i think humanity as a whole it would seem like it would seem like putting the pieces together means that you need to be willing to accept the fact that there are parts of you that even though they might be quote unquote righteous still need to die because they're still born out of your own sense of righteousness, not God's sense of righteousness. Yeah. Going to your E equals MC squared. Let me, let me, um, pitch another formula for you and i saw this on facebook so i'm not taking any credit for it jesus plus nothing equals everything right okay so what does that look like to you and i well well if you have jesus plus nothing equals everything then that means you don't have room for your wife or your kids and everything okay so let's 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 try to get the rationale focused and energized or working around that concept. So Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So does Jesus want me engaged with my wife and family? Um, or does he not want me engaged with my wife or family? What does Jesus bring to that equation? Well, of course he wants me to be there. So loving them and providing for them is loving Jesus and being there for Jesus and doing what he's called me to do as a husband and father. Okay, so let's take it another way. Jesus plus an adulterous relationship, can they coexist? No, I have something that is detracting from Jesus now. 
So it's easy for me to see where it goes out of alignment when I look at everything through the scope of Jesus. Now, in my mind, I have a controlling thought. Jesus plus that controlling thought, does it equal everything? No, it doesn't. That controlling thought is all about me, my kingdom, how I want things to turn out. It is not about Jesus. It's not about me loving him and receiving the love he has for me. So now I can say whatever that controlling thought is, has to go. So God gives us opportunities. And I believe this because I put it into practice. And when I don't put it into practice, it gets worse. <laughs> so as I learn how to deal with the things that life throws at me, even at this age, this simple equation will tell me how to filter out things. Now it does require honesty. Yeah. It's not that, oh, how close can I get to the line and not get burned kind of mentality. You have to outgrow that. You know, you're still drinking milk at that point. This is where you're at the meat, where the internal thoughts are the true questions, not the outward expressions of sin, but the internal ones that can give birth to sin. Seeing that through Jesus plus nothing equals everything can help you to navigate away from that and into a more fullness with Christ. So however that can help anyone, I recommend it. I personally, when I use it, it actually makes me feel spiritually energized. It's like on a whole different level. It's not like a, um, what they call it, that runner's high, the euphoria, you know what I'm talking about? It is like I'm in touch with who God is. I have touched the eternal. And it is quick to let me, through my mind, identify what's sinful, uh, a sinful root or a sinful um, prompt or whatever you want. You know, if you follow that, mm -mm, it's not going to be good for you. You're not going to like where you go with that place. So it's actually giving me an idea of what the future will hold. So it, it, I recommend it for anybody. First, get rid of all that I, uh, hyper grace thing. You know, I can get close and Jesus will forgive me. I can sin and just ask for forgiveness kind of thing. Work up to the point where, you know, you're going up to the line and saying, oh, I'm not going to get burned. And keep working up until you get to the point where you're saying, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It is a growth process. It's not overnight. But the more you practice it, the better you get. And you'll be surprised how much progress you make the more you yield to it. When you are allowing for an undiluted intake of what, of living in the spirit, you are connecting with the divine. You are living in the kingdom at that moment, at that time. Not just, you know, preparing for the kingdom to come, but living engaged in the eternal, in the supernatural, right then and there. That goes beyond just doing, um, it, it, that goes beyond the dogma of it all, that goes beyond the rulist of it all, that goes beyond the theology of it all. Because I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the theology of things. What is your theology? You know what I mean? And and totally lose sight on, you know, we, we want to keep... It is always good to get 
the truth, right? You to dig down into different translations, into different languages, and all of these things, find out what the Bible is actually saying. But there is 100% a bridge too far there. And when you're so focused on, like, making sure that you are following the letter of the law, it seems like that's the moment where you start to take your eyes off engaging in the kingdom. And you can go too far in one direction or the other. And that requires sacrificing and giving up the righteous moral high ground for kingdom unity. Yeah, there's an interesting thought popped into my head when you were talking about that following the letter of the law lifestyle. The one thing... I know it will not do is it will not allow you to enjoy the Lord because you're so um, preoccupied with how you are performing before him. You don't know what your situation is with him. What is the goal of you delving into that? You know, head knowledge is information. It's not transformation. And there are people who are probably atheists or agnostics who can really teach on the Bible. As a matter of fact, I know one person who decided to get a seminary degree so that he could preach atheism and how wrong the Bible is. So um, I don't know how he did in the college courses or anything, if he got good grades. I imagine he did. But he was very proficient that he wanted to wipe out Christianity with logic that'll never ever happen because God is God God is not dead Um, and the more that people embrace God as opposed to ideals of God um, it's it's the more it's going to change the world Um, and it's going to start at the grassroots level God is amazing and I wholeheartedly believe he desires true relationship with each of his children each one um, and he calls many, he calls many, many, every single person on the planet has been called. And he started from, I would even say, and I don't have a biblical scripture for this, but he calls them at conception. And now there might be one, that just means I can't think of one. Um, but I know that God thinks of humans vastly different than humans think of humans. We're not byproducts. We are not byproducts of our parents, just like plopped on the ground and told to go and live our our lives. We are creations of God called to discover him. And I was watching the privileged planet and these scientists were talking about how the earth is so unique in the solar system, where it's at, that everything is just right to allow for carbon-based light. And that the one thing that the planet allows for as a benefit is that you can discover God. And how do you do this? You do this through science. And they went through this whole thing that I would just butcher. Go on YouTube, look for the privileged planet. It's about just a little over an hour. Phenomenal, phenomenal scientific approach to the uniqueness of this planet correlating to the presence of God. What you put into the relationship with God cannot be forced. It cannot be a formula. It can only be free will. And 
you're going to admit you have a long way to go when you really meet who God is. It is not somebody, well, let me rephrase that. God is not somebody you can impress, um, perform for, um, lie to, or anything. He wants to know, he wants you to know he knows you. You are fully known and fully loved. That means the worst person on the planet. You know, they are fully known and fully loved. Whoever we would think that is, they are loved by God. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk Community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.